Welcome to the Partnership Podcast. Well, I'm speaking to you from a changed world now. This is our first episode now that funeral planning is under the Financial Conduct Authority's regulatory control. So firstly, let me congratulate and thank everyone who became a Golden Charter appointed or introducer appointed representative. Thousands of you went through training this summer and it's paid off with families able to speak to appointed representatives about plans as normal this month. So today I'll be getting the view of one appointed representative from Andrew Gray, Funeral Directors in Tyne and Weir. Andrew submitted his application in February and I'll be talking to him about how he engaged with the journey to FCA regulation and his promotion of funeral plans. So Andrew, delighted to see you this morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. I'm very good. Thank you. Excellent. And for the benefit of our listeners, just tell us uh, where you are at the moment, where you're calling from. So we are based in Tyne and Weir in the yep. north of England, and we kind of border the Sunland Stroke City of Durham area. Nice. Beautiful part of the world up there. It's lovely. The sun sh- sometimes shines, so it's, it's lovely. <laughs> Sounds like Scotland. Don't worry. <laughs> um, okay. Look, firstly, thanks for your time. It would help our listeners, I guess, if you could give us a quick tour of your business history and your own. Now, you're a classic example of a family-owned business, so it'd be really good to understand how you got to where you are today. What, what's the journey been like for you? So the journey for me, like anybody, has been quite an interesting one. I was actually brought up in a home where my parents were both lay ministers in the local chapel. In those chapels, and still the case today, a lot of funerals in the area come through the local churches. So uh-huh. my dad did a lot of funerals from when I was a young lad. So funerals have always been in our household and in our lives, and we've always had that around us. When I left school, I actually trained up. I play the keyboards. I play the piano professionally. So Uh I left school and I I did a lot of work playing the keyboards around the country and some touring. And when I came back to the Northeast, I had to settle down and get a proper job. And yeah. that's when a, a local funeral director in Sunland actually offered us an opportunity 24 years ago. The The concept of it never fazed us, so I gave it a go. I did it for about five years, working yeah. for independence, which was great. It was a great grounding. Mm-hmm. And then I came out of the business for a while. And in 2011, we just had our little boy, and I decided to go for it in my local area, where right. I was well known. Never really had much of a desire to set up a business, to be fair, but mm-hmm. thought I'll give it a go. And we've been here 11 years now. I've got four branches. We've done really, really well. And I know the families, or I know yeah. of the families, and yeah. the reputation to me is everything. Wow. And and just an aside, do you still play the keyboards anywhere? I do. So when do I first you? started, I was still doing quite a bit of work with the bands so not knowing how well the business might go I was working a lot of nights I was working weekends and starting the funeral business which is obviously 24-7 so it was quite manic really but obviously not knowing how the funeral business would take off and my main income was from the music what I do now is more for pleasure rather than work because being on the road it sounds glamorous but it's it's not as glamorous as what, what people might think to be fair, I still help out quite a bit in the chapels and what have you. So I'm I've sure many a time to conduct a funeral in the chapel, jump on the organ to play for the hymns, and then jump back off. So it's a bit <laughs> of a jack of all trades and master and none. 
That's brilliant. Sounds fascinating. Well done, you. Okay, now look, let, let, let's get on to the subject of uh, FCA because it's, it's quite relevant for you and your business and others. And I know that you and at least one of your funeral plan sellers have been on the training. So how did you find that session and, and how was it for your staff, the actual sort of training itself? The training I found it very informative um, and I have to say very clear. I did my training first and then my funeral director did his training last week. Yeah. And he found it very similar. We yep. just found a, a nice quiet corner, went through it. I was certainly nervous because really it was for me to do the training first to I'm make sure I was fully confident with it. Yeah. And obviously spoke to Ben about it. Um, but I, I found it very informative because there has been quite a few changes, as I'm, I'm sure everybody knows. It's a bit like a visit the dentist, I put it akin to that because the thought of the changes was yeah. was quite scary in a lot of ways. But sure. actually, once you were going through the practicalities of it, mm-hmm. it all makes complete sense as to why we're doing the things that we are. But I found the training really helpful, really friendly, and no bother is this year. Hey, that's good to know. Thanks. And I know you work with Patricia, one of our business managers. So how's your experience been generally in the last few months on the road to regulation? Do you think you've had the right kind of support from us in that process? I have to say that I do, yes. In the early days, we put our applications in. I had a bit of a crossover of my business manager, one leaving and one coming in. So I put my application in, didn't hear anything in the short term, but to be fair, we'd been sort of lined up with me and not because there was so many people obviously had to go through the system. So I I, I just, like everybody, popped it in then not fully aware of how it would all go and what it fully involved. But Patricia made contact with me in the March and she's been great. She's kept regular contact. She's answered the question she could. I've dealt with the UKGI separately, of course, for the regulation. I've had no issues regarding having things communicated from from Charter. Fantastic. Thanks. And in respect of the actual plans themselves, do you sell the independent way? We do, yes. Yeah. And, and where's your head on the paperless version, i.e. digital, versus carry on with paper? What, what's your view on what, what is the best approach? My view is our, the way we run our business, we do quite a bit through the computers and digital. Yeah. That wasn't going to phase us. What I did do, like everybody's probably put off doing it because Mm -hmm. it was just easier to do the paper applications, but I knew the day was coming and I knew that I would cover it off when we came to regulation. I was apprehensive about it, knowing the clients who I deal with and sometimes their ages and what have you, and wondering how would all of this work. Obviously, the training help there. The portal for the application has been really good, I have to say, and I know you do your tweaks and as you're going, but we've done two or three tests since last week. It's been working fine. So in moving forward, it will definitely be easier for us yes. because the majority of our clients that do tend to come into our offices, we can just do it in front of them. Fantastic. Good luck with that. And you know where we are if you need any more support, but that sounds a good plan for your business. Yeah. Okay. If we talk about regulation then, and now it's sort of business as usual, how does that impact how you're going to promote plans and let your local families know about them? What have you traditionally done in the past? And will that change going forward in how you want to promote funeral plans for your business? Yeah, so I've, I find this side of it quite interesting because 
I've always understood, in my mind, from day one, actually, the value mm. of the funeral planning market. And I know it can be difficult when we're busy FDs, in effect, when you're doing plans, yeah. you're busy doing funerals. It's, it's a type of thing where there's not much gain at the front end in regards to the work, but you sure. know you're building up a, a catalogue of clients. And I, I, did, I did understand, without knowing the ins and outs, that over the years, more and more people were going to take out plans. If we didn't start getting involved with the plans and engaging, that need numbers would have to drop because yep. a proportion of people would have plans. I didn't do a lot of marketing pre-2018. Right. But I, I have a good reputation as a funeral director, so we have right. a lot of inquiries from people local. Yeah. Uh, since 2018, I've had a lot of support with the meal shot campaigns. Good. Yep. Digital campaigns, and we tend to have a rolling campaign throughout the year, splitting over the areas. So I've always put it out there. We have a couple of little incentives for people, and my proportion of prepayments to what need is relatively good, knowing sure. that you're obviously building a value into the business. And Absolutely. now I'm starting to see the fruition of that, so to speak, with the number of prepayment plans that we are now conducting as funerals, which is obviously the back work coming forward now. So I say a lot of opportunities in the future post-regulation because to be regulated, you have to hit certain criteria. Indeed. And that gives the general public a lot of confidence to know that. And that's the whole idea, it, of course. Spot on, spot on. And just just in terms of uh, the the market, then going forward, do you see an increase in demand where you are for a direct cremation or unattended? And how does that work against the more traditional funerals you're still doing for families? How do you see that sort of changing that mix over the next few years where you are? I think obviously, given the coronavirus um, difficulties for everybody, um, yeah. when I look back now, um, pure cremation couldn't have really, as a business model, they couldn't have timed that any better from their mm -hmm. point of view because mm -hmm. they came into the market just as virtually all funerals went to virtual pure commission. Yeah. Coming out of that, it gave people a choice because mm -hmm. a lot of people, as you know, understand pure commission but actually don't fully understand it, which right. is where I think the regulation is critical so that mm -hmm. people who buy these plans who possibly haven't told the families and the families don't realise what they've got, you know, the plan and the funeral, and it's like, well, that's not going to happen. And that's where I think the big thing about the regulation is the clarity and informing the third parties ideally of what somebody's took out. The upshot of that is I was aware that we were going to get inquiries, like I'm sure all funeral directors have, about yep. cremations. And it, it reminds us of, in my case when I first opened up my attitude to the funeral planning market and what mm -hmm. I mean by that is I had a very good friend coming as an example he wanted an unattended funeral yeah as much as he likes me he was going to buy an unattended funeral so mm -hmm. I basically said I'll buy it off you mm -hmm. I'll buy it off them so mm -hmm. what I did was I went away and I just evolved a little bit of a model where we do the unattended cremations and my USP, which I would happy to share with anybody who's independent, is mm -hmm. that we are doing the unattended cremation. But for confidence for the family, it's being done by somebody local who they know. It's going to a local crematorium, which yeah. is 
in our cases, Durham, which is lovely. Yeah. And it's a bit of a hybrid because it is an unattended, but they have much more confidence that it's being handled by us. It's going locally. Whether we like it or not, whether we agree with yeah. it or not, some people, I never. I don't think it'll be the choice of most for the next generation, without mm-hmm. a doubt, but mm-hmm. it's a definite choice. And if, if I don't offer it, somebody else will take it, is my right. view. Thank you for that. That's interesting. And, and I absolutely understand where you're coming from as a business. Um, okay, look, final question. So do you think there's room to grow now as an independent funeral director business? Obviously, you've grown quite uh, successfully over the last few years. And if so, how do you see that future growth? And are there any particular directions you think you'd like to grow in? So I'm kind of thinking if you take the next five, 10 years, do you think you'll stay as you are? Or do you think you're likely to try and grow your market share? And if so, how? I think, and it's not obviously just because I'm on this podcast, but the big growth, as it has been in the 10 years I've seen it, I couldn't comment much on before then, is mm-hmm. the funeral planning market. Right. I look at the statistics, the pure cremation to the to the degree I use their name because in effect the the helping everybody in regards of just putting it out there about funeral plans. Yeah. You know, there's many people locally to me who have seen a co-op advert on the television, which yep. hasn't cost me a penny. And then they come in and they want to talk to me. So very good point. <laughs> it's without a doubt. And I think the big thing is the funeral planning market. It is what it is, and more and more people are going to be looking at plans and my ethos is in, in our local areas to try and get as many as we can yeah. um, at the right price. Yep. 20 years ago, there was kind of no packages. Now mm-hmm. we have packages, and rightly so, because not yeah. everybody wants the same. And if they're not going to come to me, they're going to go to somewhere else. The at-need market has to has to fall to a certain degree. The more yeah. people who take a plan out, the yeah. need has to fall because we are finding more and more younger people who maybe have lost a parent, who maybe didn't have insurance and they've had to sort the funeral. Mm-hmm. This is where we get a lot of our business. Somebody's involved in a funeral of a relative and it makes yeah. them think. So yeah. we're getting younger people coming in and paying over maybe 20 years. But yeah. more and more people are making an allowances for what they want and obviously writing the wishes down and everything. So the funeral market, and especially with regulation, because I obviously don't know the ins and outs, but I would imagine not all of the funeral planning companies have made it over the gate. That is correct. Well, that gives us an opportunity for anybody who has made it over the gate Mm -hmm. to to get off to a flying start, really. Fascinating. And I don't doubt you will be successful listening to you. You've made a very good start the last few years and I wish you all the luck in the world. All right. Well done. And seriously, it's been a pleasure listening to you today. Thank you very much, Andrew. You're very welcome. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the chat and look forward to talking to you again sometime. Good man. for listening to the partnership podcast we'll be bringing you more episodes on a range of issues now that regulation is in place you can find more than 40 previous episodes are online at goldencharter.buzzsprout.com we're also on a range of podcast apps so you can download and listen at your leisure and you can contact me directly if you have anything to contribute or suggest at malcolm.flanders at goldencharter.co.uk 
Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next time on the Partnership Podcast.